All righty. So uh, tonight's class is going to be um, something which I've been uh, looking into, I've been thinking about really for uh, for a while. Uh, and somebody asked about it uh, this past Shabbos, uh, and I got this uh, new set of Sfarim, which I was excited to find that uh, he has a, uh, Rav Asher Weiss has a uh, discussion about this topic. So I said, perfect. Everything comes to uh, together at, the, at this point, so we can go ahead and we can explore it. And this has to do with the idea of this past week, for those who are not there, so there, were, there was a, uh, a minion with some uh, Friday night with some singing and dancing. And uh, some people said afterwards, but wait a minute, isn't there an Isser to go ahead and uh, uh, sing and dance on Shabbos? That's something which generally is, is Aser. And therefore, how could we go ahead and do so? So we spoke, uh, the people asked the question, we spoke a little bit about the, the answers at that time. And now we'll go ahead and we'll see more in depth and more specifically what the issues are and what the, uh, what the halach is. Okay, so I should share the screen. I think that's usually what happens. Okay, so we start off over here with a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah in Maseches Beya, Maseches Beitza. It says as follows. And it, it starts off with something which is uh, not so much relevant to our topic, but eventually we'll get there. So Misha says, Anything which is rabbinically prohibited, uh, whether it's an optional activity or whether you want to go ahead and do it for the sake of a mitzvah, doesn't make a difference. Uh, so if you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos, so if you do that same rabbinically prohibited activity on Yontif, you're going to be chayiv just the same. So this is just a basic rule that the Bishop is presenting over here, that what you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do on Yontif. So the following are rabbinically prohibited activities that you're not allowed to do either on Shabbos or on Yontif. Number one, so there's no tree climbing. As tempting as it is to go ahead and climb a tree, you're not allowed to climb a tree on Shabbos or Yontif. And if you want to go ahead and go horseback riding, or you want to ride on the back of a llama or a camel or something, uh, so that also is not allowed. Younger siblings are allowed. And you're not allowed to go ahead and go swimming, is also something which is aser. Then we say, We're going to translate these very generally as clapping or slapping your thigh in rhythm. To be able to keep rhythm with the with the the music with the song, nor are you allowed to dance. So the main thing that we want to focus our attention on uh, over here is the fact that the Mishnah just said explicitly, and we don't find in the Mishnah anybody disagreeing, that there's a restriction against clapping and dancing on Shabbos and on Yontif. So now this brings to mind two things. Number one is the first most obvious one is what happened to Simchas Torah. And Simchas Torah, the whole day revolves around uh, dancing and, and clapping. So what exactly is, uh, is going on with that? And then there are certainly, depending on which crowd you, uh, you daven with, some people as a regular basis on a, on a Shabbos will clap and will dance. Other people will do it only on special occasions. But what, regardless of what that is, all of these activities of clapping and dancing, which are done on Shabbos and on Yantif, it seems to be in violation of this explicit Mishnah. 
and it would be difficult to believe that uh, that uh, that uh, so many people in Klal Yisrael are doing something which is in violation of this outright Mishnah. So maybe I'll suggest, you know what? Probably what's going on is that this is what it says in the Mishnah, but we don't actually pask in this way. Wishful thinking. So let's see what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Rabbi Shaffel, could I just yeah. ask you quickly? Is when with the Karl Bach minion, for example, when yes. just on a regular Shabbos, would people pound on the bima and they, I don't know if you call it dance, but they they walk around uh, at the end of Lachadadi or you know these kinds of things. Is that does that meet the definition of clapping and and dancing? Uh, clapping, yes. Dancing, I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to see as we make our way through the sources what exactly the uh, the definition of dancing is going to be. The same way that there could be a difference between singing and chanting. So mm-hmm. there may be a difference between like dancing and then just marching in a circle slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if that really qualifies as, as a dance. Um, so we'll have to see how that uh, how exactly that works. Okay, so that, now let's see how this is brought in Shulchan Aruch. So here, this is in Shin Lamitesh, Siv Gimel, this is in Hilchah Shabbos. So Shulchan Aruch says, Ein metapchen hakos kafal kaf. So you're not allowed to clap by hitting your hand against the other. Vlo mesapkin hakos kafal yerch. Nor are you allowed to slap your thigh, also keeping a rhythm. Vlo meraktin. Nor are you allowed to go ahead and dance. So here, all of these things, the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch says explicitly are prohibited. Gzei Rashem Yisak and Klishir. And the reason why these are not allowed is out of concern that since these are activities which are typically done while a person is, uh, while music is playing, so afraid that if the people are dancing or the people are clapping and your, you know, the string on your uh, guitar or the string on your violin goes out and snaps, so you'll be tempted to go ahead and make that repair. And making that repair could involve depending on what the instrument is, can involve one of a number of malachas. So all of this... Wait, wait a second. That, that's, that's, that, that doesn't make sense. Why would anybody be concerned that you're going to fix an instrument on Shabbos and Yontif when you're not allowed to play them to begin with? Um, so how do you know you're not allowed to play them? It's an Isra Durabanon. It's an, it's an yeah. So as we're going to see that all of these, all of these things about playing an instrument, then uh, the clapping and the dancing are all part of the same gazera. There was one, there was one rabbinic convention, and at one single convention, they went ahead and they outlawed all of these things. So that's why they all go together. He didn't mention the uh, the playing the instrument part, but we're going to see from Rav Asher Weiss that he asserts that all of these went together. And then he says, Even to go ahead and to tap your finger on the ground, I don't know how much sound that's going to make. doesn't sound like it makes much sound. Or you go ahead and you snap your, or you tap your finger on a tablet, on a table or something like that. That's the, the case, Bob, that you mentioned in terms of uh, pounding on the bima. Or one hand against the other, or one finger against the other, maybe like snapping, but I'm not sure the way singers do, or to go ahead and take eggshells or to take uh, uh, nuts and to bang them against one another in order to play some sort of percussion sound. 
or to go ahead and also to play a bell or something to silence people. So So anything which is done as an instrument which is intended to make sound, so all of that is going to be aser. Part of this general gezeira, Shemi Yisak and Klishir, out of fear that if you're allowed to go ahead and do this, this is where we literally say it may lead to mixed dancing. So here we have the uh, thing that it may lead to fixing a musical instrument, which would be a problem. But, but to clap in an unusual way, so that is going to be permitted. So you know, for our purposes over here, all we need to know so far is that on the Shulchan Aruch Pasins, on Shabbos and on Yantif, to clap and dance is Aser. But if you want to go ahead and you want to clap in an unusual way, so that would be permitted. What would be clapping in an unusual way? So the way some people do it is rather than their palm hitting their palm, you'll see sometimes people use the back of their hand against their palm on Shabbos. And that's the way they're going to go ahead and clap. And that's being done in order to comply with this Shulchan Aruch, that if you clap in an unusual way, so that would be permitted. Okay, so, so far, what we have over here is Shulchan Aruch has codified what we read in the Mishnah, which is the fact that clapping and dancing is something which is Asr on Shabbos. Comes along the Ramah, and he says, but wait a minute. But what about the fact that you could go to shuls and you find people clapping and dancing nowadays? And we don't protest if it's actually Asr. So why do we let people go ahead and dance and clap when it's something is uh, when something is outright aser. So the Ramah says, you know why we do so? Because Because they're not going to listen to us anyways. And therefore to alert them to the fact that this is aser when they're going to do it anyways. So we're better off not saying anything to them in the first place anyways. Just let them do it without realizing that it's aser. Better they should do it bishogeg than do it, uh, they should do it inadvertently than do it uh, outright. That is explanation number one he gives. So really, there is no halachic justification, just there won't be any benefit in pointing it out to people. So that's why we sort of just let it go without saying anything. Then the second explanation the Ramah gives is, Nowadays, it's all actually permitted. Not that we just don't protest, but it's actually all permitted. Why? Because we don't really know how to make uh, musical instruments nowadays. And therefore, the gzeira that maybe will fix a musical instrument doesn't apply. I can't even play a guitar, let alone fix a guitar. So therefore, the Ramah says, being that most of us are not skilled, are not capable of doing this type of repair, so what's the point of this gzeira when it's not applicable? It's uncommon that you actually have in the shul a musical instrument repairman. And maybe it's based on that perspective, that uh, approach, that people are generally lenient as far as the dancing and the clapping is concerned, as if to say that the whole thing doesn't really apply, the whole gzeira doesn't apply in the uh, a- anymore. I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I, I'm being persistent here, but the, the, the whole Gezerah doesn't make sense. I mean, you, see, you, you answered me before by saying the Gezerah not to, not to play instruments is all part of the Gezerah. But if you're going to make a Gezerah not to play instruments, then all of the other things that you're being goes there in order to avoid repairing the instruments become totally unnecessary. If you're not allowed to play the instruments, 
you're done. There's no danger of anything else. I, I, I don't understand what's behind this gazera or why it's at all rational. Um, so I'm not sure. When, uh, you, when, when you started, I was thinking you were going in one direction, but then when you finished, you were ended up in a different direction. I'm not sure which one you were, which, which part you're emphasizing. The, the gazera against the, the, the musical instruments or the gazera against the clapping of the dancing? No, I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying it's sufficient to make a gazera not to play instruments. And then once that gazera is in place, then there's no purpose in making a gazera on anything else because you might repair the instruments that you're not allowed to play in the first place. Right, but if, if, if you do all of those things which normally go together with their instruments, so a person may say, listen, if we're allowed to bang on the bima and we're allowed to make percussion-like sounds, why is that different than taking it out an actual uh, pair, uh, you know, set of drums and playing on the drums? Be, be, because 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 the drums you might you might conceivably repair if they break the bima is not going to break from banging on it. Well, it depends on how strong the bima is. That that becomes something which is a subjective, uh, you know, type of a thing. Whether we do have to, it, it's very difficult for Chazal to say that at at, at a. Uh, uh, 70% strength, you're allowed to bang on the bima and above, but if it's below 70%, then you can't. Either they answer it or they don't. Rabbi Schaffel, let me speak uh, in, in support of Art about this. Uh, okay. We're allowed to sing. Why don't we say, oh, uh, you know, we can make sounds like that. Maybe we should play an instrument. I mean, what what is it that I, I, it seems to be just as close, and I, and that's why what Art's saying sort of reflects my feeling too. Uh, so I don't know. That, that, that's an interesting thing. Why they didn't ask for singing? Yeah, um, that I don't know. And that I don't know why they uh, why why they didn't do so. That I'd have to uh, I'd have to explore more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. So now, the, where I thought you were going initially, Art, is really I was going to say, I was going to cut you off, and it's a good thing that I didn't because you ended up in a different direction. But I thought you were going to go in this direction of, since when can we go ahead and start um, deciding that a Xera Durabundant is no longer applicable nowadays, and therefore we're going to go ahead and we're going to dispense with it. We're going to decide that it just doesn't apply. As we say, the Gemara says also, interestingly enough, in Masechah's Bea, in the same Masechta, so when we're talking about this is going to the idea that we keep two days of Yantif, even though we are now familiar with the calendar. So we say, Havi because any rabbinic enactment is something which was voted upon by a rabbinic body. And any time there is a Gzeiradurban, which was voted upon by a rabbinic body, the only way to suspend it is you need another rabbinic body to come along and take a vote and overturn the first one. We can't just decide that since the reason is no longer applicable, so we're just going to uh, uh, do away with the Durabanan. It needs to be a formal decision to do that. And just we don't let it fall by the wayside because we don't think it's relevant anymore. I'm Rav Yosef. And Rav Yosef says, How do I know that this is true? Because this is going back to Harsinai, so last week's parsha and this week's parsha. So we say dechsev, Sorry, the owl shouldn't be there. The pasuk says, following Harsinai, remember that during Matan Torah, Klai Yisrael weren't allowed to approach the mountain. Nobody was allowed to ascend the mountain at all. So after the event at Harsinai, Hashem says, Lech emor lahem, shubu lachem lo 
So Kesh Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu, go ahead and make an announcement now that everybody could return back to their tents. The, the restriction also against husband and wife being together in the three days leading up to Har Sinai. So that also was no longer applicable once it was past Mount Torah. And yet we needed an explicit instruction to say that that was allowed. Vomer, and also it says, that the restriction was, don't go up on Har Sinai during Mount Torah. So obviously that means that once Mount Torah is over, then you are allowed to go uh, ascend the mountain, approach the mountain. And yet there was an explicit instruction for both of those things, thereby establishing this principle, which says that when Chazal asks or something, so you, uh, even when the reason is no longer applicable, the Gzeirah Durabanan remains in force. And therefore, the same thing should be true over here, that even if it happens to be that nobody knows how to repair instruments anymore, and the rationale for the restriction uh, is, no, is no longer applies, as a Gzeira it remains Asr regardless. So how could we just go ahead and do away with an Isser simply because we don't think it is uh, relevant anymore? Well, uh, the, the Mashal and the Nimshal don't seem to equate. Because, what do you mean? Well, this 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 command this is not a gezerah derabbanon. This is a command directly from God. Yes, so the the, the, so, the, Gemara, the Gemara goes on to discuss that. I don't want to get the, get stuck in that, but the the Gemara and the Rishon discuss that. But even more so, that's something which is a, which Hakadosh Baruch Hu had said and is no longer relevant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, so the Aruch Hashulchan is troubled by this as well. He's troubled by this Ramah. That you came along and just said that something that this is uh, since we don't think it's uh, applicable anymore, we're just going to uh, suspend it. So the Rama says this is in Simon Shilamites Sifchas. So he writes, Vadvarim Matmim. He says this is astonishing to uh, to think that we're going to go ahead and do away with the drabana like this. Chada, first of all, Dikshiras Nimei Kinor Shichetuva. He says anybody who's playing a string instrument knows how to repair those string instruments. The people that you would make the Xera for, that we don't want you to play it because you may fix it, all of them know how to fix instruments. Fixing a string instrument actually is not so hard. And to turn the thing in order of the peg, which is going to tighten the string, uh, which also is something which is very easy to do. You turn the peg until the string is at the correct tension in order to produce the sound that you want that string to produce. And both of those activities, putting the string in, tightening the string, so there's a potential involved, number one is you may have to tie the string in place, so that would be the of tying a knot, and Mana and the malacha of completing a, a, a utensil, Kedipirish Rashi. So he says that there's a, that, that that it is a very common thing that people repair instruments, and therefore the the drabanan should be in full force, anyways. And on top of which, the Archa Shochan says, since when can we go ahead and suspend a drabanan just because we think it's no longer applicable? That's not the way. Uh, that's not we, the way things work. Okay. So now comes along the Aruch Hashoch and says, "Okay, I have a solution. I have an explanation. That's so much a solution. I have an explanation." Says Afinis He says it appears to me that there's a very obvious uh, explanation for this. that the clapping in the dancing that we do nowadays, and put on your seatbelts, by the way. 
Uh, or maybe I should put on my seatbelt because maybe you guys will come uh, on the attack. It's not me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just translating. It says <laughs> that this idea of clapping and uh, dancing, which we do nowadays, lo ne'esra me'ola, that was never ossered. What passes nowadays for clapping or what passes nowadays for dancing was never ossered. Why? Because in the time of Chazal, the clapping and the dancing took place while music was playing, while instruments were playing. And they would clap and hit their legs and they would dance all, all according to the beat. So it was all part of this musical experience which they had. And that is what the Yushami implies also, that this is all just part of one presentation. It was this whole experience of clapping and dancing and all of that stuff while the instruments were playing. So that's why everything was answered in one fell swoop. We're just going to answer everything. So how is that different nowadays? So he says, it's an interesting thing. I'm wondering, why, I'm wondering whether or not the music, which the Arach HaShuch is now referring to, is classical music, like a Beethoven or a Mozart or something like that, where people are not going to be clapping or not going to be dancing, the way certainly the way we dance in shul. Nobody's going to do that while Beethoven or Mozart are playing. El so when do people clap and play music nowadays? When we're singing exciting songs like in shul, fast-moving songs in shul, so that's when people go ahead and clap their hands. They clap during our these songs, but not when you're sitting at a classical music concert. Then he says that they're just clapping and it's not even when he says lo al sidre hashir. It sounds like he says that they're not even keeping the beat. I don't know. That sounds like chaos to me. It doesn't sound like a good thing if they're clapping and they're not even keeping the uh, the beat. But he says that it's something which is done, which is not part of a musical experience. It's part of just a simply a singing experience. Vein kan and and therefore there's no concern at all that maybe people are going to, if you're clapping and you're dancing in shul during Kabbalah Shabbos, there's no concern that anybody's going to be fixing any instruments. Because nowadays those activities of the dancing and the clapping, which we do in shul, have nothing to do with music or musical instruments at all. And Chazal didn't answer the dancing and the clapping, which we do nowadays, they answered specifically clapping and dancing, which is part of a musical instrument experience. And that's what they answered. And therefore, what the, uh, the way the Arach HaShulchan gets around the problem is, is that it's not that we suspended this Adrabana nowadays. This Adrabana never applied to the dancing and the clapping, which we do nowadays. It was never part of the, the original Gezeira. And then, therefore, he says, and that's the reason he says why we're allowed to sing and dance and clap on Simchas Torah in order to give cover to the Torah. That's part of the activity because it's not accompanied by music. It's not a musical experience. It's just a singing experience. And that's the distinction which he makes. And then he says, that's, that's his own answer. Then he says, It may also be that that giving cover to the Torah also makes it permitted. And we'll see what the rationale for that may be. But he says, but the Rosh Hashanah says, even though that's a Magen Avram, he says, the Kasha Be'enai 
I find it difficult to say that Kavada Torah is a reason to override an Isidrabanan. The Kavada Torah is a very important principle in Halacha, but it's not something which normally allows you to override something which is actually Aser. But Aval, but he says, going back to his, his Chiddush, he says, Aval, Lefi, Mashika Savnu, Asi Shaper. But based on what we wrote, it makes a lot of sense. Why this is allowed nowadays? Because this is not the dancing or the clapping which Chazal answered. And he says, in fact, if you're ever uncertain about halacha, so we check out what do people do. And he says, there's many times that we see on a Shabbos or a Yantif, Gedolim go ahead and they are clapping as part of their celebration of whatever the, the event is. And therefore, to say that this is something which is going to be also is difficult to say when we've seen so many great people who have been involved in that exact activity. Okay, but the Archashokhan's answer is, his resolution to why people are lenient is that when Chazal originally answered dancing and clapping, it was in conjunction with musical instruments which were playing. Nowadays, where the clapping and the singing and the dancing which we do is done without musical instruments, it's just singing, it's just a cappella clapping and, uh, and, and dancing. So that was never part of the Xera, and that's why it's allowed. Do I remember... Yeah. Do I remember right that they used to play instruments in the Beit Hamikdash when it was there, and that there was a gezera not to play instruments as a zecher lemikdash once it got destroyed? Am, am I remembering that wrong? I'm not. Yes, they they, they played musical instruments in the Beit Hamikdash. That was part of the avoda of bringing korbanos, uh, and yes, the uh, Chazal Asr to some degree or another uh, playing musical instruments uh, post korban. In Yushalayim, whatever you define as Yushalayim, Yushalayim is a practice that you get one instrument. Now, nowadays, that's not so bad because you could have a keyboard, which <laughs> could sound like a 15-piece band. So it's not so bad to play one, one instrument. But there was such a thing that they would only like have a, a, one, one set of drums. And that's all, all they would use. And people who wanted more, they had to have their chasna outside of Yushalayim. Okay. Now, so Rav Shomo Zaman, source number five over here, so Shomo Zaman asks a similar question uh, with this, this idea that uh, if we think that it doesn't apply anymore, so maybe we should be able to suspend the Isser. Um, and he challenges that, I'll just say, say outside. He says that um, there are many things which Chazal answered because of the fear that one may carry, that it would lead to carrying on Shabbos. So like wearing uh, jewelry or something. So there's a fear that Chazal had said that a woman isn't allowed, is not, it doesn't apply nowadays, but Chazal had said that a woman isn't allowed to wear jewelry outside because of the fear that she'll bump into a friend and a friend will say, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful necklace. Could I see it? And she'll take off her necklace, give it to her friend, and then they'll be walking around in the street carrying the necklace rather than wearing it. So even though nowadays we consider our, our streets to not be a Rishus Harabim, it's not a real public domain, and carrying it worse is Durabanan. We don't say that now that we're not afraid of actual carrying on the Daraisa level, that all those Durabanans become suspended. And he says, as an example, we don't take Lulav nowadays, even though we don't, uh, on Shabbos, even though we no longer have a Rosh Hashanah So even though the reason doesn't apply, the Gzeira against doing the mitzvah still applies. We don't blow shofar on Shabbos, we don't take Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos, all because of that original Gzeira. 
And nobody says that we should be able to dispense with the Xera simply because the reason no lo- is no longer applicable. So then why are we lenient? So comes along of Shomazam and he says, Venira de Kavana Kachi. It seems to me that the explanation is Here's another thing. This sounds more like you're going into a um now I'm drawing a loss on what it is. Um uh, it's in the south where a bunch of people are playing a bunch of instruments together. Bob, you were in uh, you were in Memphis for a while. A jam well, session? It was, uh, but I, a jam, I, I, yeah, I, like a jam session kind of thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. So but the, it wasn't that there were specific uh, um, uh, mu- musicians who were playing. Everybody went ahead and they took out, it was like klezmer or it's like jazz, that if you have an instrument, so you just go ahead and you play it together with, uh, with everybody else, whatever's going on. So everybody had instruments and everybody would play. So in that case, in that circumstance, where it was something which everybody was playing an instrument. So that's when Chazal said too much. But nowadays, only musicians are going to be playing instruments. Most of the people who are there are not playing, are not uh, uh, musical like that. Therefore, we're no longer going to answer all of those things like the clapping and the dancing in the Mishnah. Because of the uh, the couple of musicians who happen to be in the in the room with their musical instruments, so um, and therefore the gzeira is no longer applicable. So that's what Shlomo Zalman would like to uh, to suggest as this general idea that the gzeira also trying to rationalize that the original gzeira was relevant only when everybody would be playing music at this jam session. But when nowadays, where there's only certain uh, people who are playing instruments, and most of the people are not, so the gezerah against the dancing and the clapping no longer applies. Can I ask Comes you a question? O- yes. Thank you. Um, I wanted to know, so you're not allowed to use a musical instrument on Shabbos because you might come to fixing it, right? Right. But why is it on Shabbos if you, you're not allowed to touch a tree, you're not allowed to swing on a tree, but you're allowed to use, you're allowed to use, um, if you put like a, a um, not can, you could, you could use like a swing on the tree if you put a, a second thing onto the tree, then you're allowed, to, a kid is allowed to swing on the tree, right? Right. Why is that okay? Because what if the, thing moves on Shabbos and the child wants to adjust, you know, move it. That's muksa. You don't want to do that. Just like fixing a musical instrument on Shabbos, you don't want to do that. So why would that be okay? Right, so not everything that you're allowed to do, did, were, they, were they afraid that you would uh, be tempted to go ahead and do the uh, the fixing uh, on Shabbos? Why? Uh, we have, there was a different share I think we gave. I don't remember if we gave it uh, on a Thursday night or just wrote it up. But at the beginning of COVID, so we talked about the uh, the swings and the way a swing is going to hang from a tree or not, from a, a, a string, from a peg or, or, or whatnot. But yeah, I, I think the, the, the reason for the instrument is because when you're in the middle of playing, so there's a stronger need to go ahead and make a quick repair so that you could continue playing, as opposed to a toy which breaks, so you could just put it aside and you could grab another toy. So I think there's less of a temptation to, to want to fix it on the spot. If you're in the middle of a performance on stage and your your violin breaks, so you're going to want to fix that as quickly as possible. 
when you don't have that pressure around you, so then it's not uh, it's not as bad. So, um, so comes along Ravasher Weiss, and he says, "Vein He says, "I don't understand what Shlomo Zaman is saying," which is it, that itself is an astonishing thing for him to say, but he could he could get away with it. The Daina because the question still remains. Because you're not allowed to go ahead and do away with a gzera that was made by the his waxing poetic, the mighty people of the land of the, of of Chazal. And he says it's very difficult. It's very forced to say that when Chazal originated, when they, they, they issued this decree in the first place, that they drew a distinction between a circumstance when you have a whole crowd who are jamming together, or you have a bunch of people who are sitting there in a small, and only a couple of people have their instruments. The gam, and he says on top of which, he says, the gam He says it's also almost prophetic for Shomo Zaman to make up this distinction. Loma de Mekedim Nignu Rabbi Mimasha Nagu, shouldn't say Nerag, Masha Nagu Bismanenu. To go ahead and to say that back then everybody used to play, as opposed to nowadays when you only have a couple of uh, musicians. So then, what is the explanation? So comes along Rav Asher Weiss and he says, Venira Bezelachora. So it seems to me, Dikar Gzer Haisa Al Nagina Beklizemer. This is going now. It's a it's a shame. It's nine oh five. So Art had to leave. But he says now we get back to so you'll you'll tell him. But he says that the main gzera that that Chazal were focused on was the instrument playing. They don't want people playing musical instruments on on Shabbos or Yontif because, as we said, if you're in the middle of a performance and the the uh, the uh, the instrument breaks, so you'll be tempted to go ahead and fix it. Because that's a primary concern that you may be tempted to go ahead and make a repair. Then Chazal came along and said that if we ask her just playing the musical instruments, so that's not going to be enough. We need to support this Isidrabanan. And in order to support that, to make it widespread, so it would be clear to everybody what's going to be usher, they said we also are not going to allow dancing, clapping, or slapping your thigh to the beat. And when they answered that, they answered that even if there's no musical instruments playing at all, like at a Friday night minion, if people want to clap or people want to dance, that's also going to be answer, even though there's no instruments playing. Now, that's the way Chazal originally conceived and originally created the answer. But but what this means is that there's two parts of Xera. There's the primary concern that was playing musical instruments because you may fix it. And then there's the secondary concerns, which are there as supportive of that primary concern. And that second tier of restrictions, that is the clapping and the dancing. So comes along Rav Asher Weiss and he says, therefore, where the primary concern no longer applies in terms of playing musical instruments. So then, so then the secondary prohibitions, the subordinate prohibitions, are no longer going to be applicable. Because the second tier prohibitions are applicable. They were only there to support the primary isser. 
and therefore they're only relevant and they were only conceived in order to support that. And being that nowadays, most people don't know how to fix musical instruments and we're not really afraid that they're going to fix musical instruments. So the second tier of Isurim no longer have to remain in place or said slightly differently. So there, they were, it was never part of the Gzeira for them to exist on their own. They only exist, the prohibition against clapping and dancing only exists when there's a concern for playing, for fixing musical instruments. But when there's no concern for, for uh, fixing musical instruments, this, these secondary isurim were never, were never applied. We could go ahead and we could be lenient. And he says, if in case you're wondering how I know that this is true, so he says, he says, if the whole idea like the second explanation of the Ramah, that we're allowed to sit, we're allowed to dance and clap on Simchas Torah for the sake of Kavara Torah, which made it sound as if for the benefit of Kavara Torah, for the principle of Kavara Torah, we're willing to go ahead and suspend the Isidra Banan. So it points out Rav Asher Weiss, you know what Chazal should have said also? Not only on Simchas Torah are you allowed to dance and clap, Chazal also should have said, the only thing which we're allowing for the sake of Kavara Torah and Simchas Torah is uh, dancing and clapping. The low You don't find any shul which allows you to play musical instruments on Simchas Torah. Why not? If it's all part of, if it's all an equal level of rabbinic decree, playing musical instruments, clapping and dancing, they're all on an equal tier, they're all on an equal level. So once we're suspending things on Simchas Torah for the sake of Kavara Torah, so then not only should clapping and dancing be allowed, but even playing musical instruments should be allowed. People should break out their guitar and break out their drums and break out their violin and everything should be allowed. But we know nobody does that. So why is that so? Like it was suggested by, uh, by many Achronim. So therefore, it must be, says Rav Asher Weiss, that there's really two tiers of Yisurim. There's the primary Yisur, and then there's the Yisurim, which are support for that. And the supportive ones are only Asur when we still have to be concerned about the primary Yisur. Those are the two levels which he says. Okay, now comes along. So that's so that's his explanation as to why uh, it would be that uh, it may be that these things are we're going to be more lenient nowadays, being that the primary iser no longer applies. Now let's explore uh, in order to complete this picture. So let's explore what exactly happens on Simchas Torah. So on Simchas Torah, so the Ramah mentions that people dance and people clap on the Simchas Torah for as part of the celebration. Comes along the Magen Avram. And he says, even though you're not allowed to dance on Yontif, but the Magen Avram says, that in order to give honor to Torah, so it's going to be permitted. So why exactly does it, why is that permitted? Why, why is that a, a, a heter? So explains Rav Asher Weiss. So without going into all of the background, which he's basing this on, but he says it's clear that the Geonim, that era of rabbinic scholars in between the end of the Gemara and the Rishonim, so they had a Kabbalah, they had a tradition. That although Chazal went ahead and said dancing and clapping is not allowed, that they did not aser clapping or dancing if it's done for the sake of a mitzvah. 
Like we find with regards to the rabbinic decree against the manufacturing of medicine on Shabbos. Should be. Uh, that they only answered it by somebody who is sick but not in danger. That they didn't make their gezeira by somebody who is. Uh, somebody who is uh, uh, who's ill or who's dangerously ill, such a person is allowed to take medication. So even though gzeira derbanans were made, they made it in limited circumstances and not in others. So therefore, just like we find precedent for that, that Chazal said you're not allowed to take medicine, but in this situation you are allowed to take medicine. So he says, So too, Chazal did not answer dancing or clapping when it's going to be done in the context of a mitzvah. And it's not because giving honor allows you to override an Isra Drabanan. This is the point that Rav Asher Weiss is emphasizing over here. Nobody says that Kavadat Torah allows you to override an Isra. But rather what we mean to say is, that they didn't issue the Gezeira, they never applied the Gezeira when it's uh, going to be in conflict with Kavadat Torah. So when there would be a potential conflict between the rabbinic decree against clapping and dancing and Kavadat Torah, so as we like to talk about in the rock, paper, scissors of halacha, so Kavadat Torah is a higher priority, and therefore the Gzeir Durbanan never applied in that case. So we're not suspending in Durbanan. Rav Asher Weiss is coming along with this Chiddush saying that it's something which had never, uh, the rabbinic decree never applied in that circumstance. That's why it's going to be mutter. Now, the last point, just trying to make sure that we get through all the, uh, the, the sources over here. The last point that, the, that, the, that we want to discuss is, we're now saying that there's this idea of kavara Torah, or for the sake of a mitzvah, that it may be that you're allowed to clap and you're allowed to go ahead and, uh, and dance. So, the only context which we know for sure that's brought down by the Ramah where this is allowed is Simcha's Torah. So the question is, is this going to be allowed for any mitzvah? Let's say for Sheva Brachos. So if you're having a Sheva Brachos on Shabbos, so that's also for the sake of a mitzvah. Simcha's Chasavakala is certainly a mitzvah. So are we going to say that based on this principle, you're allowed to have dancing and clapping at a Sheva Brachos or a Bar Mitzvah? Or somebody's birthday, which we're celebrating in uh, in shul, or whatever the, uh, the the mitzvah is going to be. So, are we going to say we're going to have this this very broad definition of what is a mitzvah to allow dancing and clapping, or is it going to be a very narrow definition? So here, the Shulchan Aruch thankfully addresses this explicitly. He says, "Ein mesapim kafal yerech vemetapim kafal kaf." So he said that you're not allowed to clap your hands nor to slap your hand against your thigh in order to keep the beat. Regardless of whether you're doing it for as a celebratory uh, expression, like uh, by a chasana or by sheva brachos, or it could be a chasana because by then, back in the day, they got married Friday afternoon right before Shabbos. So they were still dancing at the chasana while it was Shabbos. Or bein ovel. Or even if it's being done, the clapping would be done as some sort of expression of avelus. In all cases, it's going to be usher because clapping was and and hitting your thigh could very well be part of a uh, the a celebratory uh, uh, song 
or it could be part of a dirge. Either way, it could be an expression of mourning, but it's the same thing. Like we mentioned from the Shulchan Aruch. However, if you clap in an unusual way, so that already is going to be, uh, is going to be permitted. And for the same reason that you're not allowed to clap, you're also not going to be allowed to dance, even for a Shevah even for a wedding. All of this is part of the Gzeirah. Aval, now we get to the key line. Aval, besimchas Torah, muta l'rakid. But on Simcha's Torah, it is permitted to go ahead and dance. Only because it's not because dancing on Simcha's Torah is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of Kavadat Torah. So the, the circumstance in which we are going to either suspend or we're going to say that the prohibition never applied, says the Shulchan HaKarav, is only going to be in a case where the mitzvah is Kavadat Torah. But for the sake of other mitzvahs, like a bar mitzvah or a chasa or something like that, so that the Shulchan Acharav says that there is no practice to go ahead and be lenient as far as that is, is, is concerned. And that would remain the iser, the of clapping or dancing is going to remain in force. Then, however, being that we now, uh, we live in a multicultural society, multicultural in the sense that there are many different uh, uh, groups of people. You have Hasidim and non-Hasidim, and even amongst Hasidim and even amongst non-Hasidim. So there's all sorts of different, different views. So as you go to different shuls, you'll find different practices which are, uh, which, which, which are followed. That some people are very lenient and they dance and they clap and they have no hesitation about it whatsoever. Some places they would not in a million years ever dance or clap on uh, on, uh, on a regular Shabbos or on a reg- uh, regular Yantif other than Simcha Satora. Some people are, you know, a little bit wishy-washy. They go back and forth depending on their mood or depending on that, uh, that Shabbos. But it's something which... Uh, and it's important to know that there are the different ashitas out there. And Avasher Weiss concludes that each community has their standard and their practice as far as this is concerned. And all of them are supported from, uh, from, uh, from the postkim. So whatever's going on in shul, uh, there's no reason to criticize and start throwing chairs at people for dancing or clapping. That certainly would be uh, an improper response to what's, uh, what's going on. Yes, Can I you say a word about Purim, making noise on Purim? Um, so Purim won't fall on Shabbos, thankfully. At least for us in Yushalayim it does. But they don't read the Megillah then, so we don't have to worry. Uh, where does applause, like the uh, dress is so fantastic, people break out in spontaneous applause. What's that? Is that like uh, after a drasha? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So... So I, I don't know exactly where where, where that where, where that would would be. So that that goes with this idea in terms of is the clapping. I, I got confused in in the in the different uh, sources whether or not the clapping which they answered is specifically clapping to a beat, which would be a musical type of thing, or like you said, that's a good example of a clapping which is not to a beat at all, which is just an applause. So it could be that if it's just an applause, you know, there, there may be room to say that that's not really what they answered because that's not a musical thing. That's just a, a noise-making thing. You know, it's, that's more like, uh, like Mel brought up. That's more like Purim, where you're just making noise for the sake of making noise rather than trying to keep some sort of, uh, some sort of beat. But I, but I don't know. I mean, Rabbi Schaffel, I, I, yeah. I think you settled a, a, a point for me when you talk about, hold on, Bob. Let, 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 let us all just put on our seatbelts because something's coming.
But, no, no, I, did. I think you settled a big point for me when you <laughs> talked about the musical instruments that, you know, people, some people were worried that you people would carry them like you would carry jewelry or something. Yeah. So this doesn't apply to young Israel because uh, I think uh, the the songs at young Israel are very good, but it, some shuls, the singing on Shabbos is just atrocious. But I think the reason is they want to be they want to be sure that they're not carrying a tune on Shabbos. <laughs> ah, I knew that was coming. I knew it. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's that, that that's taking the Xera to uh, to an even higher degree. Excellent, excellent. That's that's a new that's chumrah. Really I think good, we should probably Bob. publish that. Really good, Bob. <laughs> yeah, we we should put that out together. We should we should send something out to all the shuls. <laughs> yeah. Okay, excellent, excellent. So thank you, also, Rabbi. Yeah, next week. The, 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 the last thing was is that the, the, the same thing is true with regards to dancing that we said. What type of clapping is the clapping which is answered? Is applause included in that? And then the same thing of dancing, whether dancing is, you know, we know there's all sorts of different types of, uh, of dancing. Dancing at its core as an expression of the emotion which a person is experiencing inside of them, the walking around, the marching around in circles doesn't really resemble that dancing. So it's a very different type of dance than a ballet or you know whatever uh, you know type of dancing which is more which is more expressive, uh, and the same thing is true with regards to singing, you know to trying to define what exactly is singing is also a difficult thing to do uh, to do halachically. The way we read the Torah is that actually called singing? That's called chanting. Uh, you know, same same caring issue, uh, Bob, that uh, that you mentioned. That it's uh, you know, it's 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 hard to <laughs> figure out where exactly we draw the line in all of those things to be able to determine what is us or what's not us or whatever those applications are. But okay, Thank you. Have a good show. Thank you, everybody. All right, everybody, have a good show. Thank Shabbos. you. Stay healthy.